and welcome to our new podcast, Get Hydrated, sponsored by Hydra BPM, an AI-driven healthcare software for optimizing patient flow. I am your host, Brandon Plafka, the founder of Hydra BPM. And you know, when I decided to uh, launch a podcast, the first question I asked myself was, how can we do something different and interesting? Uh, and I really wanted to do something that supported our company vision. And I think you'll find that we've answered the first part in our planned format with the guests we have coming up. Uh, the second part, quite frankly, is just going to be answered by the audience over time. Are we interesting? Get Hydrated is about the people of healthcare telling their stories. Um, guests will range anywhere from family members who have taken care of loved ones, individuals with uh, careers in healthcare, leaders who's, who have inspired us, um, each one really having a firsthand perspective to the pros and cons of our healthcare system. Um, that's really key in what we're trying to accomplish here. We want to give a platform to some of the individuals who may not otherwise um, get an opportunity to talk about their experiences, uh, both the good and the bad of what we experience in our healthcare system. Uh, so, you know, the reality is, is that likely many of the names of our guests you won't recognize before the episode, but our goal is, is that you won't forget them after. Give you a little bit of background about myself. Uh, been in healthcare, business development and operations leadership for going on 15 years um, across multiple segments. Um, I've kind of previously described myself as an IQ empath. I think through the episodes, you'll find me to be analytical, um, probably using some logic frequently, um, but at the same time, being able to empathize with the emotions of um, your greatest successes and failures of our guests. As I said, previously mentioned that I'm the founder of Hydra BPM, and I promise this isn't going to become a commercial for Hydra, but I think it's uh, the perspective is important for the credibility and the purpose of the podcast. Uh, when I was developing and launching the concept of Hydra, uh, I did it because I witnessed the, the same challenges that myself and my team were facing um, around administrative workflow, uh, patient workflow, and scheduling. And I knew that whatever we built was going to have to be simple, um, couldn't add a lot of administrative burden to um, the workflow and the day of an individual, but at the same time, it needed to be, um, effective. And our objective with the software is minimizing delays and maximizing care. And we do that by optimizing the patient workflow, um, and healthcare operations by transforming data analytics into decisive action. So with many of the complex, uh, solutions that are out there, the complex paperwork, um, we really wanted to give a, a healthcare organizations a simple business intelligence tool that, that worked, quite frankly. And the current Hydra artificial intelligence engine is actually just the first of a future products to deliver on our company vision, which is for innovative concepts and intuitive software. So that's enough about the commercial for Hydra. Um, that will get shorter as future episodes go on. Uh, now I'd like to get to the really exciting and fun stuff and begin to introduce our first guest on our first Get Hydrated episode. Um, our first guest actually breaks from the mold a little bit from the guests I previously described by not having a direct connection to healthcare, although his wife is a soon-to-be nurse practitioner and he's actually an investor in Hydra. Uh, his name is Sean Armstrong. So welcome, Sean. Thanks for having me, Brandon. I appreciate it. 
Absolutely. So a little bit of background about Sean. Sean grew up in Indianapolis. Um, I've actually known Sean for quite some time. Um, he graduated from Indiana State and following uh, graduation, he actually went on to build a, a rather successful commercial painting company. Um, the success within his company, uh, Inline Painting, has allowed him to start investing in other businesses, which is what brought us here today and, and the, um, the realization of Hydra. Uh, it was a funny story real quick. Uh, Sean and I last week were actually just talking about investment risk, and he made an offhanded comment to me that, that I was his Uber. And I assured him uh, that that would come without the arrogance and irresponsibility of their former CEO. So uh, once again, thanks for joining us here, Sean. Um, I appreciate your time. That, uh, that Uber comment definitely never gets old. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started. First question I have for you, Sean, is, um, you know, pick it back. Why did you start inline painting? Um, I, I, I started inline painting, I would say, it goes back, of course, wanting to be an entrepreneur, but um, I would say it goes back to the early days of my, my mother owned her own business. And of course, my father being VP of another commercial paint company when I was young and just seeing the success of the owner of that company and the things and at that time, of course, being young, it's the things that he had. And then that's kind of uh, the focus at that point in that age, because you don't know any better. But um, but it, it's just wanting to be an entrepreneur. Um, so uh, when I had the opportunity and, you know, my father got phone call from my father and you know he was pretty much do you you know want to team up and do this because I've been trying to get him to do it for years because he was doing it for so many other people and uh, finally uh, he took the opportunity and uh, he included me in on that opportunity so that's kind of where inline painting came from got it I like it you, you said one thing there that I've, I've thought was quite interesting um, because I do know you uh, I, I get to cheat a little bit to know the reality of, of who you are today. But um, you brought up, a, I think, a really important um, point there is you said when you were younger, you saw the stuff. Um, yeah. So given that, you know, obviously, I think that perspective changes a little bit. So can you give us some insight onto what you mean by that? You know, when you were younger, it was about the stuff. What is it about for you today? Uh, today, it's um, now that, you know, we've grown to you know it's where we're at it's more of the it's now more of the purpose um and it's not necessarily about the money i mean end of the day of course you know revenue is what pushes a business but um it's now to the point to where i want to see others succeed as far as um within my business you know i mean i i i enjoy bringing people on and and seeing them grow and and actually you know helping them grow and, and hopefully getting them to uh to higher levels with in their career and um yeah that's, that's i would say that's pretty much where it comes from what is it that intrigues you about being an entrepreneur you've, you've referenced that a couple of times that early on that was a lot of the driving force behind it you witnessed your mother um, as an entrepreneur, what is it that's intriguing about being an entrepreneur for you? Because, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, fear that, I mean, just dreadfully fear the idea of living in that entrepreneurial state. Um, why do you think it's something that actually is quite the opposite for you and intriguing? Um, I would say it's in the beginning, of course, 
it was the idea of, of, of building something um, and, and growing it. Um, and, and at that point, when we did start, you know, and being young, when I did start it, uh, I kind of thought there was going to be a little bit more, maybe freedom um, of doing more things of what I want to do day to day. But I have slowly learned that it, 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 it isn't that way. So um, it's really the, the, the larger that you get and the more successful that your company becomes the uh the harder you got to work and the more time that you really need to put in so um yeah no that makes a lot of sense and i think there's a lot of irony in that statement in that uh to your point i think a lot of people want to be an entrepreneur because of that freedom that flexibility but oftentimes it's also that freedom and flexibility that causes them to fail right it's a it's a double-edged sword for sure um you know there with the remainder of our time um, today, I really want to make sure that we really give the audience really two things. You know, I want to gain some insight from you about, um, you know, the successes of your business and, and why do you think you've had those successes? Um, and then, you know, as we move to the later stages of the questions, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about, um, you know, how those successes have afforded your uh, kind of, uh, we'll call it foray into investing and in, in the relationship with Hydra. So, just kind of wanted to set that foundation for our audience about what to do or, or what to expect over these next few questions. But, um, you know, looking back now from your starting point to what you've learned over what you've been doing this, uh, going on 10, 15 years, what, when, when, when inline actually start? Uh, it was pretty much August, uh, 07. So okay. 11 years. Session, so. Yeah, right up 11 years here. Now. So looking back, you know, what is your advice for anybody thinking about starting a business, whether it's, you know, as uh, you know, certainly in, in the commercial space and in something that's a uh, something like painting, that's more of a blue collar industry, or, you know, I think as you and I've discussed the concepts of business, a lot of times remain the same. So do you have some just general um, thoughts about um, what you would say to somebody who's looking to start a business? I do. Um, I'd say probably one of the main things that I always focus on and, and like to tell others when they do ask me, you know, any questions about one of my own businesses. One thing that they have to remember is because a lot of people, um, they think when they, um, when they start their own company that they're going to be successful and just have all types of income and so forth in the, in the beginning, and what they do is they actually spend a lot of the money that they end up receiving in the beginning of the business. And instead of reinvesting immediately for, for, for years um, or just a few years, um, they think they can just draw uh, the money out immediately. And, and that's one of the things that I feel that why we've been successful as a company is um, everything we've pretty much made, we either put back into the company or invested into other things, um, other, you know, other industries or uh, other companies. So I would say put back in. Um, so when you do start a business, don't think it's going to take you a year or two, three years, four years, five years. I mean, we're now at 11 years at it. And I would say probably for seven years of that, I would say I, we reinvested into our company for those seven years before we really actually started paying ourselves any type of, uh, of 
income that was, you know, enough to, to survive on. So. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. That's great advice. And um, what, what would you say you spent the majority um, of that, to, you know, of that seven years that you're reinvesting uh, where were you reinvesting at? Was there a specific area of the business that you were reinvesting in? Yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty much, I mean, it was capital for payroll. I mean, that's, that was the, the main thing. Um, that's, that was the toughest part. I mean, within our industry, I would say your labor is 60% of your expenses for your total business. So it's having those payrolls for having, you know, 30 plus employees, you know, at that time. Um, so it, it, you know, that, 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 that's the main struggle. Um, the, the, the suppliers, you know, at that point they want to partner with you. So with having those type of the wonderful suppliers that we have had, you know, um, it, it's, they allow you to take your, um, your, you know, monthly payments out to a certain extent and allow you to be able to kind of finance that part of it. So uh, the labor, that's, that's the main part we put pretty much put back in. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, to, to that point, you know, you got a very you know niche business in that the center in a you know, commercial painting. Uh, but the reality is, is that that same um, uh, critical operating expense in, around payroll is the same in many other businesses. So I think it, for anybody who's listening, uh, you know, there's something to be taken from that, no matter what industry you're in, or no matter what kind of business you're looking to start, uh, you know, your people are, are obviously going to be your highest um, capital or your cap, uh, operating expense. So um, certainly something to be said for that. Um, you know, looking back again on the, that 11 year, Sean, um, what do you think has contributed really to the success in building in line? Um, obviously one of those probably is your financial discipline, but are there other things that you would highlight? Yeah. Uh, my father being my business partner, of course, myself, um, our work ethic is exactly the same. So we're the type that, you know, we get up at four in the morning and, you know, we start our day routines and, you know, we're, especially in the early stages at the office by four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. And um, sometimes even, you know, literally getting up at two or three in the morning and, and being there by three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and working, you know, 16 to 18 hours, if not 20 hours a day. I remember within the first, I'd probably say four years of our company that we did that. Um, and it wasn't just five days a week. I mean, we were working seven days a week. Um, so I, I, I think it was the work ethic has uh, really gotten us to where we're at now. Um, I, it's just one of those things that I'm just a firm believer on still. I think it, it, it's, it's always, it, to me, it's the harder you work and the more time that you put in at it, I, I think the more success comes out of whatever the time you're putting that in. Sure, yeah. And what were some of those things early on that you were spending that time on? What was real critical to building that foundation at that stage? At that point in the early stages, it was, I would say, you know, putting our feet to the concrete, I guess, is kind of one of the things we used to always use and say. Um, but it was even just going to our clientele and, or our, you know, general contractors or business owners or building owners 
and just getting our name out there. I mean, my father's always had a large, you know, a, a pretty um, well-known name within the industry. So that, that helped, but we just had to get our name out there and let them know how serious about, you know, what we were doing. So that, that was the main thing I say and, and, and during the day, but the evening hours working late was usually uh, paperwork um, because you really couldn't, you didn't have time for it during the day because you're trying to build the business as everybody at, why, why everybody's at their office. And then, staying late in the evenings to finish up, you know, payroll taxes, um, uh, you know, just day-to-day daily entries into each project. So, because you got to understand the beginning days, I mean, um, it, we, we pretty much uh, had, it was, there was just three of us at that point. So a uh, four of us, I guess, with, you know, with, um, one of our other estimators that was really highly involved or still highly involved. And, um, uh, it, it just, just doing that paperwork, I think. Yeah. The time for. Yeah. And something I want to highlight that you said there, Sean, that for, again, anybody who's uh, listening, uh, thinking about, you know, how do they manage their day? If they're starting a business, how do they, uh, you know, manage their time and, and the effort is it's very important to understand how you're using your time. And to your point about, you know, there were some days it was 16 hours, 18 hours. Well, if in the course of 16 hours, you spent your core business hours focused on paperwork uh, and then got to five o'clock and thought, oh, shit, I need to do sales. And now everybody's gone and home. You've you've kind of lost your day. So I, I, I like that you um, really focused there and talked about thinking about you're using that time wisely. So it's not just about the amount of hours. You got to make sure you understand that you, what, what I would often say is, are they revenue generating opportunities or are they revenue generating tasks? And, and those revenue generating tasks need to be done um, in those prime hours. You know, sometimes if you're getting very specific, you can look at it as, you know, nine to 11 in the morning because people are in their office, they're not off to lunch or they're not trying to get settled in early in the day. Um, but it's certainly at the very least, it's occurring somewhere between the eight to five hours. Uh, you're not trying to do your follow-up and your sales calls at night, right? When you're trying to figure out your day. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that that was a, a really critical piece there to highlight again, that uh, people need to think about when they're starting their business is making sure they're putting the effort um, in the right parts of the day as well. So, yeah, it's, de- it's definitely all about priority and time management. I mean, that's, that, that I highly believe in those. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you kind of, th- that question segues a little bit to this one, but I think there may be a, a small differentiation here is, is that, you know, as you look back on the business and, and some of those challenges that you had early on, right. Which were really, just time, right? Just putting in the work and the effort and, and building a bit of a name and a, 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 a reputation for yourself. Uh, how are those challenges today different than the challenges you faced early on? Because for anybody, again, who's listening, I'm talking to the audiences, uh, please understand that you're running a multi-million dollar business. The challenges don't go away. They just look different. So yeah. could you speak on that? I'd say the biggest challenge that we that we faced when we first started in line would be uh, developing relationships and to keep receiving projects to keep the revenue coming in um, once you build 
that I guess you would say our brand um, as we have in within our market uh, that the the projects aren't the issue at that point now as far as the, the major problem that we have is is having the proper employees to get the projects done um, once you when you have only 15 to 20 you know or let's say 15 employees in the beginning um, as we started um, within our field um, it was easy pretty much easy to get those projects done at that point but now you know having twice the projects and twice the yearly revenue it's you have to have twice the employees to be able to complete those projects so employees i would say at this point is the hardest thing and, and it's not you can receive employees but you gotta you, you need people that are experienced with what, what we do everybody always says you know i'm a painter but end of the day it's different from painting your mother's you know white picket fence um there's a strategy and a way to, to tackle our projects. And it's just finding those people um, to be able to do that. That's what's tough. Right, right. Yeah, I, you know, I can't help John, but recognize that, uh, you know, obviously my, as I've said, my background is in healthcare and you're, you're talking about a uh, industry very different, but right away I quickly realized that some of the core concepts about what we're talking about are, one thing, which is building a successful business is oftentimes about the people and the talent and finding the place for them. So, you know, there's, there's the, the core concepts across multiple industries always seem, seem to, uh, to come to light. So uh, I think that's really important for everybody to understand is uh, no matter what organization you're in, um, you know, even within healthcare, right. The, we, we obviously are uh, representing a healthcare uh, industry and market here on the podcast is um, whether you're in a hospital setting or a uh, maybe a, a walk-in clinic setting, um, heck, insurance, whatever it may be, that real success often comes with uh, hiring great people and then having you know good leaders around them to uh, show them the way. So um, you realize that that. that the, the principles of business um, obviously aren't very different. And I know that's not real earth shattering stuff there, but um, I just think it's interesting to see that um, you obviously come from an industry that is on paper, very different than, than healthcare, but yet we're still here talking about the same things that we'd be talking about if we were hosting a, uh, you know, a commercial painting podcast. Right. Oh. Um, so now Sean, you've uh, it's 2018. You, you know what, you know, 2011 Sean experienced, you're obviously living in the moment of 2018, Sean. Uh, what would 2018 Sean say to the Sean who started inline painting? The main thing I would say is be patient. Um, that's one thing that I don't have. And um, I expect everything to, to happen tomorrow. And I would not... I would not, I can't, I can't even realize where, I mean, where we are at now compared to where we were at in 2007, but I thought it would happen, you know, even a lot sooner because everybody always said, you know, or anything that I've ever read, um, the books that I've read or anything like that, they'd always said three to five years, three to five years, you know, successful company, you know, but, you know, when we started in line, it was, you know, during 
you know, the recession. So um, with that, that being said, it took a little bit longer. So patients definitely have wore thin at times. So, um, but, you know, we, we, I, we st- I stuck through it. So, and then here we are. So patience, that's what I would say. Be patient. Yeah, something that can yeah be very difficult to do when you're uh, eating breadcrumbs at times, right? Early on. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it was definitely rough in the beginning. So I can I can say that. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you think was the driver um, that you know? It sounds like in the last few years this has become more of a reality, and then of course, obviously, uh, our our working relationship. We know that it's a reality, but what was the driver that led you to begin start investing in other businesses? Um, especially, you know, I know you do some that's very closely connected to your current industry, but, but Hydra obviously is, um, you know, completely outside of it. So, uh, what, uh, what was the driving force there? So the driving force was for what we ended up going into next was the pretty much commercial real estate um that's what we went into and um we knew we had cheap labor costs because of having those employees already and a lot of people win just for instance all the flipping shows that you see on um you know all the home networks and all that you know they hire people so immediately um we were working with a lot of people that uh own multi-unit facilities and we were painting them for them and they were telling us, you know, their history and their path and how they got where they're at. So, uh, you know, my business partner, my father and I decided, well, they can do it. We can do it. So we decided to invest in com- to commercial real estate. So, um, you know, we bought commercial buildings um, and, you know, revamped them more or less and bought uh, multi-unit facilities did the same thing. And um, it's just kind of grown from there. So uh, it was something easy and that we were already kind of ground to and attached to. So uh, we knew it would be easy for us. And that's what we did. And we, it, it grew from there. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good stuff. And, you know, I'll, I'll add that from knowing Sean, um, I can say, you know, to our audience that one thing that, I think attributes to what he, you know, is saying that made just a, a lot of sense on paper because it was a closely tied industry. Um, one thing that that probably is innately um, wired within Sean that I think is critical is that he certainly takes the time to ask questions and is just you know curious as well as willing to learn. So when he says that he, um, you know would talk to the multi-unit, um, either, you know, uh, um, property owners and or managers or, or understanding where they came from, you know, it was that thirst for more knowledge that really, I think probably, probably, you know, maybe Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but certainly at the very least built some confidence and understanding that that transition could be easy. Right. And that there is a, an easy connection there. So, you know, it's kudos to you in, in a lot of ways and, and what we've been going through together and building Hydra is, um, you know, the learning process for, for both of us in that. So, um, I think it speaks true both in your, your, probably your early investments into something that was closely related, related to your business, but also now again, as you, 
um, have quote unquote been introduced to the, the startup world, which may be a little different than the traditional business model. Um, you know, again, as you and I have had a few laughs about along the way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, um, you know, Sean, really that's, that's, uh, about all the time we have here. Is there any final questions or thoughts that you'd like to close with? Um, yeah, I mean, actually I would, I would like to, if at all possible, Brandon, I'd like to even, if anybody from inline is actually listening, I would like to even tell them, you know, thank you for, um, you know, given, you know, allowing and working together with inline and myself and my father and, and making all this happen. If it wasn't, you know, for all our staff, we wouldn't be where we're at today. And I, I just, I can't thank them enough. All right. Well, you have it there, folks. That's uh, directly from the owner of Inline Painting himself, um, directly thanking his employees and, and understanding the value that they bring to the table. Um, for us, and as far as our channel is concerned here, Get Hydrated, um, we can call that first episode a wrap. Um, probably called a little bumpy, too, along the way. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's important to know that the reason Sean was on today is because we want our audience to connect with our company and what we're trying to do. Um, it's not lost on the two of us that um, that probably didn't feel insanely tied to healthcare. Um, but there is still things to be learned from there. And that in an entirely different industry, we're still talking about the same business principles. So, you know, please take from that as you will. But uh, again, although we weren't necessarily, talking heavily about healthcare. Uh, it was important for me. And I think the credibility and the purpose of our company in this channel to have somebody on who is um, an investor and closely connected, not only to me, but the business as well. And that actually will be um, uh, the same story for a couple of future guests uh, along the way that you're going to meet others that are involved in the business too. So um, again, thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you again. You can expect to see new episodes each week uh, on Wednesdays. So thank you. And uh, we'll be in touch soon.